Hi, I'm Bonnie Curry, one of the narrators on the Abide app, a premium ad-free biblical meditation experience. Join the millions of people who download the Abide app to reduce stress, improve sleep, and experience the peace of God every day. You can text the word PEACE to 22433 for a 7-day free trial of Abide. Just text PEACE to 22433 and you'll likely hear from me again on the app as I guide you through daily meditations or help you fall asleep and experience the peace of God. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Today on the Huddle Up 2018 Draft Show, Carl, Nick, and Eric discuss offensive day two options, fits, and directions the Broncos could go depending on who they take in the first round. This is the 2018 Huddle Up Draft Show. Welcome to the Huddle Up Podcast, your go-to show for all things Broncos. Once again, Broncos country, it is time to huddle up draft style. I am your host, Carl Dumbler. With me, as always, I have my co-host and good friend, Nick Kendall. And we have a great special guest here and Eric Trickle joining us to talk about the draft. Gentlemen, how are you doing this evening? I am doing pretty well. I'm ready for spring to get here. It looks like it's going to snow again this Saturday. And I am, my girlfriend and I are babysitting her mother's dog because she babysat our cat last week. So that's been uh, interesting. He's a... Probably he's a big, big golden retriever, and he thinks he's a lap dog. So it's a, it's been fun, but I am not getting the best sleep. Yeah, I know about having big dogs think that they're lap dogs. Uh, both of my dogs think they are, and they're big American bulldogs. That's it's not fun. Fifty pound dogs trying to sit in your lap. But I'm doing good. Um, had some bad news today, but good otherwise. Well, good to hear. Other than the bad news, of course. Well, we'd like you all to know that the Huddle Up 2018 Draft Show's focus is all things pertain to your Denver Broncos as it relates to the upcoming NFL Draft. With Nick and myself, and of course Eric being Draftaholics, we'll be bringing you fresh insight and analysis each and every week in every single episode. From scouting reports, player value, scheme and personnel fits, and general draft-related banter. You can follow myself on Twitter at MHH, as well as follow Nick at MHH and Eric at Eric Trickle. Be sure to tweet us any questions or opinions you have because we really do live for talking Bronco football. You can also follow the podcast Twitter account at HuddleUpPod. And make sure you check out ours and our co-writer's written content at MileHighHuddle.com, a part of Scout.com, an affiliate of the CBS Sports Digital Network. We know you listeners are as football draft and Bronco crazy as we are. So please give us a click and subscribe to us on iTunes as well as Stitcher. And don't forget to share us on Facebook and Twitter. We wouldn't be here today without your listeners. So as a call to action... Please go to take the time and go to iTunes or Spreaker to rate and subscribe to let your voices be heard on how you enjoy the show. Well, boys, before we get into the the day two offense, let, let's start with a couple different rumors that have been kind of been going on about the Broncos here a little bit. And one of them is the the trade up for a non quarterback. That's a that's one that's been hitting the 
the web here for the past about day and a half. What are you, what are you guys thinking about that? Well, I just did the podcast with Chad and based on his article that came out today, I think I swung him. He made the point that the Broncos had their left tackle, the future and Garrett Bowles or a tackle they have their edge rusher and Von Miller. They have their cornerbacks and Harris and Roby don't have their franchise quarterback. So I think I swung him. I understand some people are not about it. There's some fear that quarterback is more likely to bust than other picks, which I don't agree with that at all. But I think if you see a franchise quarterback there, you got to go get him. And if that, if even if that means trading up, I think you go get your guy. What about the idea of trading up for a non quarterback? I think that's okay. If they do it at the end of round one for a guard or a tackle, <laughs> but in the top 10, absolutely not. If they want to move up for a, somebody that's not a quarterback in the top five, they don't need to because at the very least, the first four picks are going to be quarterbacks. So all the other talent is going to fall to, into their lap. And even if the Browns stay put, because they're not going to take two quarterbacks, then they're getting basically the first pick of what's left there. They'll probably, there'll be one quarterback left. There'll probably be Quentin Nelson and or Saquon Barkley. Nick Chubb will be there. There's no need for them to trade up for anything other than a quarterback in the top five. It's that simple. And especially if it's the one of the rumors has been Saquon Barkley and him especially, there is no one at risk of taking him in the before them. The Browns are leaning defense at the fourth pick. They're going to go quarterback at number one. The Giants, if they pass on the quarterback, it's going to be Quentin Nelson. So and then the Jets, they, they didn't move up for Saquon Barkley, despite the stupid report that came out about that. <laughs> so there's just there's no reason for it. If they're moving up, it's for a quarterback. It's to get that quarterback of the future. They want to see if he can land into their laps at five. But the big curveball, of course, is which way are the Giants leaning? And it seems to flip flop about every few days if they're going quarterback or offensive line. Man, wouldn't that be something if LA traded up to the number two pick? People would be freaking out. Some would love it. Some would hate it. But that would be that would be quite the story. That's everything Elway does, though. I was thinking about that today with free agency and how many people are freaking out that he's done nothing in free agency. And all I'm thinking is this has been like one of the worst free agent groups that I've that I can remember. And yet you're seeing these contracts that are getting handed out that are just ridiculous. So do you really want Elway to go? pay top money to guys that might get cut next year because they're too expensive. They're not living up to their contract. I, I don't know. I, I just, they're, they're, this is a business. That's a, a no win business. You're going to make some people happy. Some people mad with everything that you do. And LA did something that was actually very needed and he did it right away. He upgraded the quarterback position. Yes. They got rid of a to leave. Yes. They still have Menelik Watson, they upgraded the quarterback position. That is what held the offense back so much last year. So that's a huge step forward. Then you have guys coming back from injury, Derek Wolf and Amata Pecco, even though they played most of the season, they're going to be back. You're going to have a coaching staff that has a year of experience for a lot of these guys in their position. Vance Joseph, he has a year as a head coach under his belt. Joe Woods, a year as being a defensive coordinator under his belt. You don't want to panic and overspend on free agents. When you do that, you end up with contracts like Menelik Watson's. Denver panicked last year for a tackle, and they paid that to him. And now it looks like they're going to be stuck into it because they're not moving on from him. So you don't want to panic and overpay for people. Doing that, you end up in a worse cap position than you are. You end up being like the Saints for a while because they kept having having to pay 
bad contracts and badly structured contracts to be able to work the cap. So what Elway's doing is it's going to be hated by a lot of fans, but it's actually really smart that he's being patient and he's now looking for the value signings. Right. We're not going to have a 2014 free agent period again. That's an anomaly. That's not a usual where you go pick up three different guys and they become Pro Bowl players right off the bat and become cornerstone players for a, a team that ends up winning a Super Bowl. That just that's not how free agency usually works. And it's kind of one of those things when you experience it once, you just think it's easy to do it again. And it just it never quite pans out that way. So, again, I think this is one of those situations in free agency. I know we're going to get ready to talk about the draft here in just a sec, but I mean, it's still free agency, period. And this is that second wave, third wave of players. These are where you can get some of those value signings of guys that can actually outplay their contract. So we'll just have to see what Elway does. And he might use this extra cap money just to lock up some of the other young guys like a Roby, like a, a Paradis or those kind of guys that you can get them on team friendly deals now because they're willing to sign for less because they just want that money, that guaranteed money. They know that they have that money in the bank moving forward. So lots of moving pieces for the Broncos, but let's get to the draft here. And our, our topic today is day two offense. This is kind of one of those, we, we want to get you guys to, to know more prospects. Most people can really know those top 10, top 20, even first round players, but it's that second and third round and, and, and beyond where th- that's how you really make your team. That's how you really fill out the roster and, and get those really big time value signings. And for the Broncos, this has been, especially day two, this has been a problem for them. This has not been their, their, their strong suit when it comes to, to the draft and, and so we wanted to look at some look at the different positions on offense and see some different guys, give you a little idea of, of our thoughts on them and just how we maybe think they fit with the Broncos. And, of course, you got to start with the quarterbacks. And, and there's, I would say, pretty much four names that most people really think of for that second and third round. And those guys are Mason Rudolph, Kyle Laletta, Mike White, and Kurt the God Binkert. That's, That's just a joke like that. for Eric. That's oh, okay. sorry. <laughs> and Kurt Binkert. There we go. Uh, these, these are the four guys that a lot of, you see the mock drafts out there that go into that fourth round or whatever. These are the four names that you begin to see. Do you see any of these guys as great fits for the Broncos or guys you see with very high upside that could actually become that quality starter moving forward in the NFL? If they had high upside, they would be going round one. They do have some talent, but I think that overall this is a group that's lacking. I honestly put Kurt Benkert in here just to tease Eric. He's my Kurt Benkert is like my day three quarterback of choice, where if you're just taking a chance on a guy with size, arm talent, that's probably it, but odds are he doesn't ever become anything else. I like Chase Litton in that regard. But for real though, Mason Rudolph, Kyle Loletta, and Mike White. I think that's probably about the right order. I honestly would have Kyle Loletta over Mason Rudolph. Um, they don't have the physical tools that the guys at the top have. Mason Rudolph has some issues with his arm. He reminds me a lot of Mike Glennon. That's a comparison that I've heard that's really stuck. You know, the guy who has the size, but the arm doesn't match the stature and plays in a system where he's throwing guys pretty wide open, big windows. I mean, you can say that about Baker Mayfield too, but 
it's not the same case. Like Baker, you see him throwing to tight windows. You don't really see that with Mason Rudolph. You see the ball flutter, and I think he'll he'll be a solid backup. Everything as far as the intangibles go, it sounds like he's a good guy, good film study guy. I and mean, we did a podcast on him earlier in the, the season, or he was a part of a podcast. But not, I'm not super keen on him. If you miss a quarterback in round one, though, he's definitely an option in round two. I like Kyle Aletta a little bit more. Uh, Eric has said he's the rich man's Trevor Simeon. I like that. Uh, I think. He shows a better ability to go through his progressions and make the right reads and put the ball where it needs to be. I think he's going to be limited in the NFL because his arm talent is not amazing, but he can do enough. You know, he's a guy that if he's your starting quarterback, I would think that you're probably looking to replace him, but he can steer the ship for a number of years if you have to. Mike White, he looked much better two seasons ago than this season. He had better weapons two seasons ago than this season. So we'll see what happens. But I personally am not super big on any of these guys, but I'm pretty sold on quarterback round one. So that might be something to do with it. Eric, any of these names really stick out to you as great fits with the Broncos? I think Mike White is actually a really good fit if they if they, they want to keep Case Keenum for the two years and let him be the starter for the two years. There is a lot of potential with Mike White. The biggest concern I have with him, though, is – when pressure comes, he kind of he kind of crumbles a little bit, and he just he needs to be a little bit better when facing the pressure and taking it on. And he faced a ton of pressure this last year. It was a ridiculous amount. I can't remember the exact stat, but it was like one every ten snaps. He was getting pressured by at least two guys, and then it was something like one out of every three snaps. He actually had a pretty decent amount of time. It was something ridiculous. Mason Rudolph is a I think he's just best as a cardboard or a clipboard holder guy to be the backup to somebody else and a spot starter now and then when somebody gets hurt or for a season, if you are in between that franchise guy, like say the Steelers after Ben Roethlisberger retires, uh, Mason Rudolph can step up and play a season while they either have a rookie learning on the bench or are targeting a quarterback in the next year's draft class. Um, Kyle Oletta is the one that, that's the most intriguing to me out of this group. I do think that he is the, the rich man, Trevor Simeon. I think he does a lot of stuff that Trevor Simeon does, but just so much better. First time I watched him, I wasn't as high as high on him as I was the second time around. And when I got a little bit more film on him, but he's the guy, I think he's in my top five quarterbacks right now, just at that number five spot. He's above Josh Allen and Mason Rudolph for me. And uh, Mike White's above Mason Rudolph for me as well. I'm just, I, I used to think a lot more of Mason Rudolph than I do now. But when I was going through and setting my board and my rankings, I went back and watched over him. And it's just just so many concerns with Mason Rudolph. But if if Denver doesn't take a quarterback in round one, then I would be looking at either moving back with that second round pick that Denver has and targeting Kyle Aletta or looking at Mike White in the third round. Not bad. I like that. I like that a lot. Let's move on to, to running back here. And we got a long list of names here. Nick Chubb, Sony Michelle, Ronald Jones II, Carry On Johnson, Rashad Penny, Royce Freeman, Kalen Balaj, Jalen Samuels, Jordan Chun, and Daryl Williams. Now, here's here's what I want to do for, with this group. Name two guys that you think are a great fit with the Broncos and why, and two guys you think would be a terrible fit and why. Nick, let's start with you. I think Nick Chubb would be an excellent fit for the Broncos because while they still have C.J. Anderson on the roster, it's no surprise. And based on if you're listening to it at all, 
CJ Anderson's one that they would be happy to move on from. They don't really want to release him, it seems like. You want to get some trade value, and I wouldn't be surprised if he was used in a draft day trade or something like that. I I don't think they can justify keeping him at that 4.5. At least they don't seem like that. Rashad Penny, I know that he has had some fumbling issues, but I think you know they're looking for a guy that's going to replace CJ Anderson, and Penny to me is a guy with good vision, good patience, can run between the tackles, and it's versatile too. He's a, he's a pretty good receiver on top of it. So... Those are those are obviously some of the the more well known guys on this list, but I like Chubb and I like Penny. As far as not great fits, I have Jalen Samuels on here as a running back. He's kind of more that running back fullback hybrid. It really depends on what they do. I mean, all these guys could be fits in different ways, but I think Samuels is one. If he's there, I probably don't take him until the top of round four, just because there's so many other needs and other positions. Which he might be there at the top of round four. Who knows? And then. I think Ronald Jones is another one. He he is a fit, but I think he goes earlier than the Broncos would should be taking him, you know, if that makes sense. Probably the same with Nick Chubb, but I think Nick Chubb's a slightly better back and an overall better fit. Eric, what about you? Uh, I'm going to be have to hide myself after my first guy that I don't think fits with Denver because I know a lot of Bronco fans want him, and that's Sonny Michelle. He has a really bad fumble rate. He fumbles once every 54.6 carries. That is really bad. It is a serious red flag. Denver already has issues with fumbling from Devontae Booker and D'Angelo Henderson. They don't need to add another guy. Plus, to me, he kind of does a lot of similar stuff that Devontae Booker does. If I'm looking for a third running back, it's going to be somebody that's complementary to what you have in Booker and Henderson already. Uh, Royce Freeman is another one. I'm I don't see what the hype is surrounding him. He just looks a little slow and clunky with me. And while he can be that complimentary between the tackles, power runner, I just think that there's better options for Denver out there. And that's where I guess is the guy, two guys that I would really look at them is Jordan Chun and Darrell Williams. These are guys that I have there in that third or fourth round range that I could wouldn't be fi- I'd be perfectly fine using that compensatory third round pick on. They're tough between the tackles runners. They don't fumble that much. They don't, so they really protect the ball. And they just very complimentary to what Booker and Henderson do. And also, of course, Nick Chubb is one and carry on Johnson too, but they also provide that stuff. It's just when you're looking for that third back, you want to find somebody, somebody complimentary. And as I said, Michelle doesn't do that. And Freeman, I think, is just too clunky to really do that. I like that. Yeah, I was. I was thinking that same thing with Sonny Michelle and just Devonte Booker is one of the best receiving backs in the league. I think, I don't think the Broncos used him enough and that's part of the reason I'm not as high on Broncos taking Barkley in the first either. It's just because I don't know if the Broncos would use him to the fullness of his ability with how they've designed their offense. And maybe that's just because the quarterbacks were that bad that they couldn't take advantage of such a player, but Again, if you have Devontae Booker, if you have Henderson, both of them have receiving ability and ability in the open field to make people miss. And so I just feel like that's adding strength on strength, and it's just going to be hard to find enough, I don't know, catches for for all of them on the field. That's where I I really love Nick Chubb. That's one of my top choices for the Broncos. I think he's honestly maybe one of the most underrated running backs, even if he's going to go in the second round. I think he's one of those guys that – as he gets further away from his serious injury that really zapped him there for a little bit, 
I think he's just getting stronger as a runner. And I think he's getting back closer to that level that you saw two, three years ago when he was looking like that next star running back that was going to hit the league. So I, I would love him. And like I said, I think he's a great fit. If you're moving on from CJ Anderson, you need that in between the tackles kind of guy. And I think Chubb has great vision. I think he has great ability to uh, just make people miss. He's got not breakaway speed, but that next level down below that. And that's why also I love Rashad Penny as well. Uh, he just is another guy that just, he, he has great vision. I, I I couldn't believe when I was watching him how many times I saw where he'd have his back running. He'd be running in one direction. And all of a sudden, I don't even know. It's like he had eyes in the back of his helmet and he'd cut back across the entire play and have a hole right there. So I, I think that'd be something the Broncos really need because Booker so far hasn't really shown that he's a, a vision runner. He just kind of runs into the pile and just hopes he breaks through. So th- those would be two guys that I'd really like to see the Broncos look at there in that, that those mid rounds areas, but moving on to receiver here, we have another, another long list here in DJ shark, Aquinas St. Brown, Christian Kirk, James Washington, Dante Pettis, Anthony Miller, Michael Gallup, Simi Cobbs Jr., Traquan Smith, Deshaun Hamilton, and Antonio Callaway, which is kind of crazy to think of him on this list, that last one. And, and I, I'm sure we'll talk about it here in just a second. But uh, of, of these guys right here, who are, who are some of your guys that you just really love out of this group? Well, Eric has been raining on my parade, but I still love the tape and the athletic package that is Equanimia St. Brown. I mean, six foot five wide receiver running a, what was it, 4'4, four, 4'40. Four, four That's pretty special. And he runs pretty good routes on tape, separates pretty well. I wish he used his hands a little bit better when he's catching. Sometimes he can be a little bit of a body catcher, but he's also pretty tough over the middle. I'm sure Eric will have some more insider information on, on what he's heard about Equanimous St. Brown. But I mean, as far as a, tape and tools perspective. I mean, you go back and watch what he did with Kaiser. There's, there's a lot to work with there. And then also I really do like what I see from Michael Gallup as far as a solid guy. I don't think that I would probably take him until again, the Broncos have two very early picks day three, both those round four picks with the Broncos pick being high, obviously, and also the 49ers pick. And if Michael Gallup's there in that area, I would jump on it. You know, he fills that role pretty well you know they can be that third wide receiver i think he has inside outside ability he's a strong hands catcher he's a decent route runner and he's also been working with the broncos new strength and conditioning coach in preparation for the draft in london so broncos have some ties there already with him and he's an interesting guy and it seems like gary kubiak and the broncos like to take those colorado state guys as well so michael gallup he's, he's a solid one isaiah oliver beat him but isaiah oliver is a better prospect so i, I enjoy michael gallup and i think he would be a solid wide receiver three or four that Probably I don't touch him day two, but the very beginning of day three, I really enjoy him. And I like other guys on this list as well. I mean, DJ Chark, he balled out in the senior bowl. Obviously, the game itself doesn't really matter, but then he showed out really well at the combine. He runs really fast. He runs smooth, and he did not get much help at all in that terrible LSU offense. And a guy that I was lower on but has steadily risen throughout the process for me is James Washington. I always thought it was more of the the air raid gunner style offense that Oklahoma state runs, but James Washington has some skills. I still think that he's 
I don't think he's going to be a great number two in the NFL, but I think he can be serviceable there. And he has an odd body type, so that's one reason he's hard to project. But he has skills, and he plays well. So if the Broncos want to go with a guy round three and James Washington's there, I would be about it. I don't think I would take him with their pick round two, though. It's just a little too early for my taste. Yeah, I, I fell in love with James Washington at Senior Bowl just because he was dominating practices so much. I mean, just there, there was very few corners that could – that could get to him that could stop him he just was catching everything in traffic he was running great routes i just saw a different player at the senior bowl than i ever saw on tape and it was just it's one of those things until you actually see them asked to do something you can't quite say whether they can or cannot do it so just to get that opportunity to see him actually be called to run sharper routes and do a lot more of the the shorter routes that they just don't run as much there at at Oklahoma State. They ask him to go deep a lot and just kind of come down with it. And so, yeah, I, I really fell in love with him there. DJ Chark, that's a guy I just, I can't get a read on. Because like you said, there's just not as much tape because LSU just didn't have a quarterback that ever could take advantage of his skill set. And I guess I just, I question his hands because he's a big time body catcher and Body catchers just don't usually translate as well to the NFL, in my opinion. There's been guys I've missed on because I saw them body catch, and I'm just like, nope, don't want them. And then they go to the NFL, and they actually show a little something. But I just I see a guy that's just going to struggle. I see a guy that's going to be that deep threat that if you use him just for that purpose, I think he could be successful. But you want something a little bit more if you're using that second, third-round pick on a wide receiver, in my opinion. So, yeah, that's a guy I'm not as quite as high on. Christian Kirk, yeah, you got to like the guy just because he brings a lot more skill set to the entire team because he's a special team star. He's got that speed that you can really take advantage of. I just kind of I keep saying he is that perfect player to add if you add a guy like like Baker Mayfield, because Baker Mayfield is used to having these these quick, speedy receivers that get open in a hurry and can take advantage of what they can do in the open space. And Christian Kirk, I just think fits that perfectly. So I, I just kind of like that pairing Christian Kirk, second round with Baker Mayfield, first round. Now it kind of hurts with the offensive line. If you still haven't solved your garden tackle position, but I guess that's kind of, you're, you're not going to be able to solve every problem here with the draft. Broncos are going to have some kind of hole at some point, but I don't know. Those are some guys that I really like. Michael Gallup, I'm not quite as high on after seeing him live. Anthony Miller, I like him. Don't love him. Simi Cobbs Jr., <laughs> I guess I have a little bit of post... PTSD? Uh, with Cody Latimer. <laughs> yeah. I, I know they're not the same player. I know that. And it's kind of like when you try to do the same thing with like uh, uh, the, the quarterback from Memphis that this time around, Ferguson, they're they're playing with different coaches, different offenses, all those kind of things. So you can't do, you can't translate that over. But I, I don't know. I just, I'm not sold on the guy. I like him, but I'm not not in love with him. Deshaun Hamilton is another guy that I just, I like him, but there's some things he does that just frustrate me. And of course, Antonio Callaway. What what, what are you getting with this guy? I don't. You're either getting a star or you're getting a guy that's going to be out of the league in two years. He's just a high-risk, high-reward kind of player. 
I'm not sure I'm wanting to use a second or third round pick on a guy that I'm not sure is going to be able to stick around because he can't keep his drug problem under control. Yeah, with every single one of these guys, I can make an argument as to why Denver should take him. DJ Chark, he's that got that height, weight, speed. Equanimous St. Brown, his routes are really smooth. Christian Kirk, he's he's a perfect in the slot. James Washington, he's got that inside-outside versatility. Dante Pettis is is criminally underrated in this wide receiver draft class. He's like my number three or number four receiver. I think he's so good. Michael Gallup, he can be a really good complimentary guy. Semi Cobbs Jr., if he can reach his ceiling, he could be a solid number one receiver, but best as that complimentary number two. Trey Quan Smith, if he can solve the issues and catch more consistently with those long arms, he's got a huge catch radius. Deshaun Hamilton, again, it's, he's got some issues with drops, but he runs really good routes and he's quick. And Antonio Callaway, he's a special talent that just can't keep and can't keep in line. He's in constant trouble. The two guys that I really would love Denver to take a look at is James Washington or Dante Pettis, though. It's Washington, his pro day, he made some outstanding catches. He's He just looks really good and a lot better. He's looked a lot better in the senior bowl and the pro day and at the combine than he did in a lot of his tape, which that it does cause a little bit of concern for me. And Dante Pettis is his tapes really good. He's just, he's just one that I just don't think that gets the attention that he really deserves. And then I also like Anthony Miller, but his foot issue scares me a little bit. And I've heard some stuff about it. That scares me a little bit more with Equanimous St. Brown. As I said, he runs really smooth routes, but there's a lot of questions flying around about his work ethic and his ability to really pick up on the playbook as well, which is really weird coming from the family history that's there. So it's just this wide receiver class is so stacked. If Denver can take one in the second, third, even the fourth or fifth round, and they can be fine and end up getting a guy who can contribute right away. With that being said, though, I think that the 2000, it's always smart, you know, not to look too far ahead, but the 2019 class, I would say, looks more top heavy. Like there is some really talented guys who I think can be number ones in the league that are going to be in the draft next year, assuming they declare. Yeah, I agree. And I think this would be a year to get that solid number two guy. And with and hope Carlos Henderson develops into the slot receiver, and then you can look at that number one to replace Demarius Thomas next year. I, I think that that would be a good way to go about it and really revamp the receiver core because then next year you have the number two and number three guy hopefully developed a little bit who can help bring along the new number one, the rookie, and just help whoever's at quarterback for the Broncos next year, whether it be Case Keenum or if they take a quarterback in five and decide to move on to him then. Two main guys that really stand out to me are James Washington and Christian Kirk. I just see such versatility with those guys. Uh, kind of like Eric said there for what what the Broncos are going to be looking like moving forward at the wide receiver position because I'm guessing this is absolutely the last year of Sanders. And DT, maybe two more years, maybe, depending on what they can do, of who they can get in the draft and things like that. But those guys are... They, I saw a, a meme the other day of it was two wide receivers or it was two two football players standing next to each other. One was twenty nine, and it said in their prime. The next one was thirty, and it said over the hill. And it, it just I, that thirty year window. That's the that's the cutoff where you really want to start looking to to replace these guys, and that's where our wide receivers are at. So, I think James Washington could be a great number two. Christian Kirk, he's a little bit different. 
He's just kind of a specialist guy. You're going to have to design plays to to really take advantage of his skill set. But I just I like those guys with especially if we take that quarterback at five. I'm really hoping we do and pair them with some of these athletic guys that can get open in a hurry and really take advantage of their skill sets. Uh, but yeah, those are, are two guys that really stick out to me. Antonio Callaway, the more I watch him, the more I really like him. But again, it's just so hard to, to want to take that kind of risk. If he's there in the fifth round with one of our three fifth round picks, I would jump on that. He's a, he's a high risk, high reward. But for a fifth round pick, I mean, how many of those really pan out to be an, a star player? Well, I think he has star potential in the NFL. And he's a great route runner, has pretty good hands. He's got ability to get open in a hurry. I just, I like a lot of what I see out of him. So again, just a guy that I think could, could really do something for the Broncos, but you don't want to take a risk here in these mid-round picks. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Yeah, and the Broncos have been linked to Eric Decker, so if they can sign him, he's visiting the Raiders today, not the Saints, Nikki. No, sorry, did you guys see that on Twitter? Man. I did. Yikes. So I felt bad for her. She, I met her at the Combine. She was really nice. So, so got to be careful, I guess, out there. But I, if they bring Decker in, I would be fine, you know, kicking it off to pretty late in the draft if they had to. A guy that I really like late, I'm going to be a little biased here, but uh, Darius Fountain from UNI. I think he's pretty underrated. I can't believe he didn't get a senior bowl call up after what he did at the shrine bowl, but that's beside the point. We should probably move on to the tight ends and what everyone's waiting for the offensive line. But before we get there, we tell you about audible, get a free audiobook download on a 30 day free trial at www.audibletrial.com backslash huddle up over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Again, that's www.audibletrial.com backslash huddle up. This is a free trial, and you have access to, again, 180,000 titles that you can listen to on your commute to work when you're finished up with the Huddle Up podcast. Make sure you listen to that first, though. Or, you know, you're babysitting the kids, or, you know, you just need some quiet. Put on Audible, check it out. All right, well, tight end, this has been a position that many of the fans have been hoping the Broncos would make a splash in free agency. There are guys like Trey Burton, who got signed pretty big deals pretty early by the Bears. Austin Severian Jenkins went to, I believe, an undermarket value to the Jags. And then some other guys, Eric Ebron to the line or to the Colts today. So there's still some guys out there. There's been some rumor that the Broncos are linked to some guys, but got to talk about some of those day two options in the draft. I don't think there is a single tight end this year, not really a hot take. I don't think there's a single tight end this year that has a round one grade, as opposed to last year where it seemed like one of the best tight end classes I'd ever seen as far as prospect goes. This year, it's fallen back to the norm. But you got guys like Hayden Hurst from University of South Carolina, Mark Andrews, who was big. Mayfield's best bud, along with the running back they have there. Mike Kosicki, who honestly might have helped himself at the Combine more than any other guy. He tested pretty much as well as any tight end since Vernon Davis, at least as far as I can remember. Dallas Goddard, who's unfortunately was injured, but has a lot of promise from South Dakota State. And Ian Thomas is one that I feel like he's not talked about as much as those other guys mentioned there, but I think he deserves to be up there, and he's from Indiana. He had a pretty darn good game against Ohio State. And out of these... I mean, Tony Pauline's pretty pretty darn connected, and he's saying Ian Thomas is a round three type of guy. 
Ian Thomas, I'll be surprised if he makes it to makes it through round three. I'll be surprised if he makes it through the first half of round three. He's really liked in NFL circles. And then obviously since tight end's not as deep, we got some other names. Dalton Schultz from Stanford, Troy Fumagalli from Wisconsin, Christopher Herndon from Miami, Jordan Thomas from Mississippi State. He's a really interesting one. And uh, Jordan Atkins from University of Central Florida. So I'm going to kick it off. I kind of took over hosting here. Sorry, Carl. But I'm going to kick it off to you first since you're normally having to bat third behind Eric and I in this. So who are your guys here? I know you are a – I guess I don't want to steal your thunder, but I know you like a guy from Oklahoma a lot. <laughs> I, I do. And it's mostly just because he's such a good complement to what we have in Jake Butt. Jake Butt's not really that guy that can attack the seam on a consistent basis. And so I just see a guy like Mark Andrews, where he's kind of that tight end wide receiver hybrid, just being able to run down the field, make those those deep catches, really make sure that teams have to respect the deep middle of the field. And just running those two tight end sets, I just think that would be be something that would work well with those two. And I just think Mark Andrews is a underrated blocker just because of that Oklahoma system and how they they use their different players. But I think he actually is a, a decent blocker. Not great, but he's he's a decent blocker. He's a willing blocker. And so he, he's a guy that really sticks out to me. I really like uh I really like Hayden Hurst just for that same reason because I think he's a complimentary piece to what Jake Bud is. I, I just I like tight ends that have a different skill set. We've talked about it on here before of that 2011 Patriots offense. They had two tight ends that were very complimentary in what, what you could do with them. And so teams had to try to cover two different types of tight ends, and you just don't have the type of players to, to be able to do that. And so if you can get a guy like that that can attack the deep middle, a guy that can attack the, the short part of the field and get open in a hurry, make the tough catches in traffic, it, you're pretty well set. That's going to be a tough offense to stop. And I just think that would be a – especially if we take quarterback there, even if we don't, Keenum would love to have these big guys running down the middle of the field. Uh, so, so those guys get, really stick out to me. Yeah, I agree with you. I really want to like Mike Kosicki from Penn State because, I mean, the athleticism is obvious. He runs pretty solid routes. He looks smooth. And his ability to run the seam and go up and get the football is a skill that many teams are looking for in their tight ends, especially in those offline tight ends. But I just can't get rid of the bad taste in my mouth from watching him block. Gosh, his blocking is absolutely horrible. I honestly, if I was a team, I would list him at wide receiver. Like he's going to be playing slot way more in my offense than in line. But if you're drafting that guy as a tight end, he's got to have to have some blocking ability, right? I know the NFL is going more and more three wide receiver sets and you can put him out in slot and not need him as much there, but man, his blocking is just, it's gross. So if you can develop in there and it doesn't make sense because he's got a pretty good like body size, you know, just doesn't have the technique and he just kind of, what is that, guys? I don't know. It's gross. Dallas Godert, he kind of concerns me because you didn't get to see the athletic testing. And for small school guys, I just I think it's a risk to not know what kind of athlete you're dealing with. The tape is good, but I feel like he had a lot of targets and that offense. And he makes some spectacular catches, but he has some drops as well. And I think the high volume of targets have a lot to do with those spectacular highlight reel catches as well. As for the Broncos, I don't think, unless somebody that they really like slips, I don't see tight end being a position that they are looking to go super early in this class. I'd say rounds four through six is probably where I'd be looking. And a guy that I really like a lot for them, they can even redshirt him this season is if he's not completely healthy yet is Christopher Herndon. He didn't really get to test at the combine because he had an injury this season towards the end of the year. But when he did play, he looked very solid. 
He's a decent athlete. He's not the you know crazy athlete as a receiver, but I think he can develop into a solid tight end too. And I think just like Jake Butt last year, because he's coming off that injury, you can get him at a bargain and you don't have to force him out there right away. I hated how Miami used him. Yeah. I thought they underutilized his skill set or his athleticism and his ability to really get open over the middle. They pretty much ran about three routes with him and that was it. And they just were pretty much, hey, you catch it short and go make people miss. Yep. I, I just wish they would have showcased a little bit more of what he could have done running down the field, running actual routes and making those catches in traffic. Yeah, I like Dallas Goddard the most out of this group. Obviously, I want to see his athletic testing, and it's a bummer that we weren't able to. But I think that he's got some special talent there that he's going to be a stud in the NFL, but there's nothing really to quantify that at this time. Mark Andrews, I like a lot as well. Um, Teams have a lot more concerns with him than I do about his diabetes, so that's something to keep an eye on. It, It may cause him to fall. It shouldn't, but you never know with teams and what they're concerned about. My issue with Hayden Hurst is his age. It's basically where he's at as a prospect is where he's going to be at in it for his NFL career. And there's not much athletic upside. He can learn a little bit more about the football side of things, but it's just, uh, I'm just a little concerned about it. I want, I would like to take a guy who's got a little bit more upside there, at, especially at tight end. Mike Jacecki, Nick, you nailed it on the head. He's not, he shouldn't be a tight end. He should be a receiver. He's that big slot mismatch tight end guy that can, just move around and be used in a bunch of different ways. Just never should be used as a blocker. Ian Thomas is, he's a guy I like a lot. I think I have him as a late second, early third round pick on my board. I don't know off the top of my head, but it he's really, he's got a lot more athleticism there and a lot more receiving ability than was shown at Indiana. And if you want to go at day three, I agree about Christopher Herndon. He's a guy that you can redshirt the, this next year and hope to get back the following year. And then Jordan Atkins is another one that I think he should probably go in day two. He's got enough skill there, but age will cause him to fall. And some other concerns with him. He's not, he's a jack of all trades type of tight end. And so it's just going to cause him to fall a little bit. The one guy I absolutely wouldn't touch out of this group though, is Jordan Thomas. Personally, it's just, I don't like anything about his game. And I've heard there's some serious character stuff with him. And my, one of my other underrated guys is Dalton Schultz from Stanford. I remember I made a comment a few months ago to you, Nick, that about Dalton Schultz and how much I like him. And your first response was, yeah, but the other tight in the hand is better. <laughs> so I don't disagree with that, but I think Dalton Schultz is a really good tight end and a good pickup for um, if a team wants a guy who can help in as both a receiver and as a blocker. Just so you know, I asked Dalton Schultz what he thought about Caden Smith and who was going to be better, and he said, I don't know, man, that Caden guy is really good. So just look out for him. Yeah, I don't disagree that he's better. I just I just saying that I found it funny just how quickly you shrugged off my comment on Dalton Schultz to talk about the other Stanford tight end. I just He flashed to me. I was like, oh, man, this guy. But I do like Dalton Schultz. I think he's surprisingly a good blocker considering he is so light, you know, yeah. he, he like 240, 245 and he can get in there. Like he does not shy away from contact. He can, he doesn't really move guys, but he can get to that spot and cut guys off and work in combo blocks. And I think he's a solid athlete as well. I wouldn't take him until round four or five, but if you're looking for a guy that can be a tight end too, and you hope have hopes for Jake, but I'd be about it. All right. Well, let, let's keep moving along here, gentlemen and get to the, 
the 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 boys in the trenches, the the big uglies, and this is the the position that beyond quarterback, everybody wants to know what are the Broncos trying to do because I know everybody was kind of wanting the Broncos to <clears throat> to do something in free agency towards the offensive line, and there were some people who were interested in in Nate Soldier. And of course, he went and signed the biggest offensive tackle contract in NFL history. So that wasn't going to happen for the Broncos. But anyway, just looking at the draft, this kind of seems to be where they're they're mostly going to focus to fix the offensive line. Let's start with offensive tackle. And we have Martinez Rankin, Connor Williams, Colton Miller, Tyrell Crosby, Brian O'Neill, Jamarco Jones, Chakuma Okorafor, Desmond Harrison, Orlando Brown Jr., Will Richardson and Jerron Christian. Now this group, I, I would say of any group at the combine that hurt themselves more, uh, there, there really wasn't a group that hurt themselves more than the offensive tackle group. It was kind of one of those Mike McGlinchey kind of rose to the top of the offensive tackle group, mostly because he just didn't completely screw up the combine. And so just looking at these day two guys, are there, Name me two guys that you would really actually like the Broncos to draft and two guys you really hope they stay away from. Eric, go ahead and start on this one. Oof, two that I would like them to take? That's hard because there's probably there's about four names on here and maybe five that I would look at. I think Will Richardson and Jerron Christian are two under-the-radar guys that I would absolutely love in Denver, especially Will Richardson. I think he just fits what the Broncos want on their offensive line. There's some weed issues there, but from everybody I've talked to is that they're really confident that he's actually put that stuff behind him. He's matured and has moved on. And then Desmond Harrison, Jamarco Jones, and even Connor Williams and Tyrell Crosby, those are others that I would look at. And Orlando Brown, if he falls far enough, I would still consider him because – the tape is still there. That's really good. But it, there's just so many concerns about what happened at the combine and him shrugging off his being overweight because he's always been fat. Is just, I can't, I can't even say just how much of a concern that was to teams. Not that he showed up, just showed up overweight. It was him writing it off. Like he did. It's just, it was ridiculous. And the amount of messages and text messages and emails I got about it with some of the stuff that we're saying, it was, it's mind mind-blowing about how down teams were or how down teams were on him and but two guys that i would absolutely stay away from are brian o'neill he's just more of an athlete than an offensive tackle at this stage he's going to need a few years to really grow into the position having just recently been converted from tight end to offensive tackle and denver doesn't have the time or to be patient and try to develop him and nothing that denver has shown in the past has really shown an ability to develop offensive tackles. I mean, they failed with Ty Sambrello and Michael Schofield. So, and then another one that I would probably stay away from is Chakuma Okorafor. Just, I don't know. He just doesn't seem like a really good fit to me. He's another one that I think will need a little bit of time before he's actually cap- being a capable starter. So it's just, I would just avoid them. And Martinez Rankin and Connor Williams, there's a lot of talk of moving Rankin into center, and part of me thinks that that's where he would be best at. And Connor Williams, I think he would be best at guard, though. I know a lot of teams still view him as a tackle, and one person I talked to actually mentioned him in the same kind of type of conversation as Cam Robinson last year, is that people want to find a really good offensive tackle and downplay something up to their abilities and be convinced that they need to move inside when they don't really need to. 
and watching over Connor Williams tape. I can see that being the case with him. I think he will be a damn fine tackle in the NFL. How far did Orlando Brown fall for you because of the combine? He was my number one overall offensive tackle. And right now with the first round grade, and right now he sits as my number 16 overall tackle with the fifth round grade. And teams that I, people that I've talked to with teams said that he's taken a similar tumble to them for on their boards. But a lot of them also said too, is that another team may be willing to take that risk in the second or third round and just really pass up on the issues about his weight and the feet quickness and all that stuff, just because there's a lot of upside there and just the raw strength that he has. So I could see, even though I have him lower, I can still see a team taking him in the second or third round. Right. Tape still trumps everything, but it's, this is why the combine matters. This is why players have to take the, take that time serious. It's their biggest interview of their life. And if they don't take it serious, teams go, Hey, we don't want to take you serious. So <laughs> that, that's uh, it, it's sad to see a guy possibly ruin his career just because he decided to be lazy and not prepare for the NFL draft or not, not prepare for the NFL combine. But Nick, is there anybody else on this list that really you have any other kind of comments guys you'd maybe stay away from guys you really like? I am very intrigued by Desmond Harrison. I am very excited to speak with his offensive line coach later today. Going to work on an article with him and just talk about Desmond Harrison's path. He's a very athletic. He tested extremely well at the combine, and he was definitely one that he I had kind of felt pulled to him. You know, there's some guys when you speak with them, you kind of get like energy from them. And I really enjoyed speaking with Desmond Harrison. So he's somebody that I'm interested in. He's definitely going to need time in the weight room and working on technique. But as far as the height, weight, speed, and overall tools that you need to succeed at tackle, he has it. They just need somebody to develop him. So how much do you trust the Broncos offensive line coaches, Kugler and Strausser, who be the main one working with him? I, I'm very intrigued by him. I would not mind him at all at the end of day, round three. And somebody that has risen up the boards tremendously, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes round one, but Colton Miller is somebody who's got size and something that I really enjoyed from his tape that after he tested really well at the combine, I'm like, I got to check out and see what's going on with this kid because early in the year, I thought he was horrible. That Texas A&M game, I mean – that it was reminiscent of that Khalil Mack, Michael Schofield game. It was not ideal. But as the year went on, he got better and better, and he moves well. He's got he's huge. He's got great length, and I think that he's one of the higher upside tackles in his class. Now, he's going to need to get stronger. He's going to always have issues with leverage because he is tall, but I think at right tackle, if you can get him the top of round two, I would be pretty okay with it. You know, that has to do with, this tackle class, it's deeper than it is top-heavy. I think it's, in comparison to last year, you had three solid tackles, in my opinion, in Robinson, Ramchick, and Bowles. All three of them, I think, were worthy of first-round picks. This year, it might be McGlinchey, and that's it, depending on where you have Connor Williams ranked. I still like Connor Williams, but I could see a team moving him to guard, especially to start the year. But Colt Miller's one who's rising up, and I would not I would definitely like to see him there. I have to echo... Eric as well. Brian O'Neill scares me. I like the athleticism, but that dude's hands are so soft. They just slide off the people's pads when he's blocking them. And Orlando Brown Jr., I'm not touching that kid. I also have an affinity to Tyrell Crosby. I'm not sure he will stick at tackle in the NFL, but he's very efficient. I think he's very intelligent, and I think he has the at least baseline, very baseline athleticism to stick at tackle. And if he doesn't work there, I think he'd make a damn good guard. So I like him a lot as well. 
Yeah, I, I agree on a lot of what you guys said there. Uh, a guy that I I just keep picturing with the Broncos for some reason is Tyrell Crosby. Just sticking in there at that right tackle position. And and like you said, if, if he fails there, you can move him into guard. He's got a little versatility to him. But I just think that he's one of those guys that fits with what the Broncos are looking for at that tackle position. And I just like the idea of him and Bowles. They just have that that nasty mentality of I'm going to destroy the guy across from me. And I just, that's what I want this Bronco offense to be. I want them just to, to make a defense hate to have to play the Broncos because they're just getting destroyed left and right. But moving on, let's go on to the inside offensive line players. As we know, the Broncos, this, I, I we don't know it for sure, but I, I think this is an area that the Broncos are for sure going to target pretty early in the draft because they really need to fix that that left guard or right guard position, however you want to view it, depending on what's going to happen with Leary. But just looking at this list that we have here, we have Will Hernandez, Isaiah Wynn, Billy Price, James Daniels, Frank Ragnow, Wyatt Teller, Braden Smith, Austin Corbett, Toby Weathersby, Skylar Phillips, and Alex Kappa. Nick, I'll start with you this time. Who's maybe, who's the guy that you like in the second round? And who's the guy that you'd like with maybe those two third round picks? I would be ecstatic if Will Hernandez or Isaiah Wynn or Billy Price fell to round two for the Broncos. There haven't been more than three interior offensive linemen drafted in the first round in a long time, but the way this class is shaping up, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of these interior guys go. The guard position and the center position is rising in value, and there's just a lot of talent this year. So potentially if the Broncos do stick at five, I could see them being aggressive and moving up in the second round, maybe even the end of the first round, and targeting a guy like Will Hernandez or Isaiah Wynn. Uh, You know, we talked about Rankin and Williams potentially moving inside, so there's some names as well to watch out for. And as far as day three, I have, you guys know this. I've been a fan of Wyatt Teller for a while. I think he moves very well. I think he's very smart. And I was big on him before the season. I think his junior year tape was a little better than his senior year, so I'm not really sure what happened there. But as far as a round three guy, I like Wyatt Teller a lot. Braden Smith intrigues me as well. I think he's going to need to do some work in his pass, pass sets because Auburn didn't really ask him to do that very often. But he has size. He has the athletic, athletic baseline. And I think he could end up being a solid starting guard. There's another one on here that I like a lot, but Eric's the one when I was at the combine saying, make sure you talk to this guy. So I'm going to kick it to him because I know he likes one of these guys from a West school a fair amount. Austin Corbett. Yes, sir. Yeah. He should go on the second round. I ha- <laughs> he has a first round grade for me, Like he's so good. If you haven't watched his tape, do it. It's so impressive. He's my number 23 overall prospect, I think. I absolutely love him. He's not going to go on the first round because he's coming from Nevada, but I would I would take him in a heartbeat there in the early second round. I would even look at Braden Smith. I know there's some concerns about his pass sets. People I've talked to also think that he would actually be a very good right tackle. So there, the concerns about his him and pass protection – isn't there with NFL teams as much as it is with draft Twitter and media. And then of course I'd be looking at Frank Ragno, depending on what's going on with Matt Paradis, because I mean, he's a guy who can play center or guard. If I, if Isaiah Wynn or Will Hernandez are there in the, with the early second round pick, then I'd have a tough inner debate between Hernandez Wynn and Austin Corbett and probably end up going Will Hernandez simply due to the relationship he already has with the new interior offensive line coach even though I absolutely love Austin Corbett and 
part of me thinks that he's going to end up a little bit better than Will Hernandez does in the NFL. And then I'd also be looking at Skylar Phillips state in that third round too, from Idaho state really flying under the radar, I think. And I think in the third round is really good value for him. And if you can get him in the fourth round, I think he'll be a steal. And then Appalachian state Colby Gossett would be a great fit. If Denver still ran his own scheme, I really question his power and his strength to block in the power scheme that Denver's running now. So he just doesn't seem like a fit. He's a smart guy. He really understands the NFL and the finer nuances of being an offensive lineman of just the subtleties of leverage and just the turning the body just a hair. So that way when they reach out to try to grab the ball carrier, they're just out of their reach and just all those little things. He just does really, really well. And again, it's just a matter of scheme. And if a team takes him, I, it's probably going to be the 49ers. Honestly, that's just, he seems such a perfect fit there for them. But again, with Denver, I'd be looking at hope. I'd be hoping Hernandez or windfalls and then Ragnow, Smith, Corbett and Phillips are three that I'd be looking at closely for the second and third round. All right. Well, I'm going to do a little, little game here for just because this is our last group that we're looking at. Nick, I'm going to start with you, Billy Price or James Daniels. I think overall I would take James Daniels because he is four years younger and has a much better athletic upside and doesn't not come off that pec injury. I think Billy Price is a little bit limited athletically. But if we're talking purely power scheme for the Broncos, I think Daniels is going to be a, a stud if he goes to his own scheme, a stud. But for a schematic preference, I think Billy Price probably makes a bit more sense for the Broncos. And I think Price will go after Daniels. I think it's hard to say. There's talk that the Vikings are absolutely in love with Billy Price. So we'll see what happens. That peck injury kind of throws things into whack. But I would be okay with him top around round two if he falls to us. Okay. Eric, for you, Wyatt Teller or Braden Smith? Where at? Just wherever. Which would you rather have? Oh, Braden Smith easily. I think Wyatt Teller is a fourth or fifth round guy, not a day two guy at all. And I think Braden Smith has second, third round talent. So it's it's an easy one for me. Let's see. What are some others that I could do here? Nick, Isaiah Wynn or Austin Corbett? Isaiah Wynn. Personally, I think he honestly, if Isaiah Wynn was two inches taller, he would be a top 10, 15 pick in this draft. He's a little short, little not as long as you'd hope. So he's probably going to get kicked to the inside. But I mean, his tape at Georgia was really, really good. And yep. I think, yeah, you you preached it, man. I, I'm with you. <laughs> he he impresses the heck out of me. And I think he should probably be the probably the third offensive lineman off the board in the draft after McGlinchey just because the need for the tackle. Ah, make that the fourth. I think Connor Williams should go before him, I think. McGlinchey should go before him. I think that Quentin Nelson should go before him. But after that, I, I'm a huge Isaiah Wynn fan. All right, we'll do one more here for you, Eric. Uh, can you think of one here, Nick? That'd be a good one, a close matchup. Martinez Rankin or Will Hernandez? Will Hernandez. I don't know if that's that close. <laughs> it, it isn't. Not to me. Um, well, Hernandez is a first-round grade. Martinez Franken is a 
mid late second round just because I'm not sure where I want to play Rankin. Do I want to put him at guard? Do I want to put him at center? Do I think he can handle right tackle? I just have way too many questions. With Will Hernandez, you at least know right where he's going to go, and you know you can leave him there and be perfectly happy for 10 years. He may not be all pro level for those 10 years. Like Rankin could be if he gets in the right spot and the right scheme, but just that potential with Will Hernandez is there to just put him there and leave him. And he just fits the scheme so much better than I than Rankin does, I think, as well. All right. Well, thanks for playing, guys. <laughs> Who wins? Oh, man. You got to give it to Eric. He's a guest on the show. Yeah. Yeah. I'll give it to you, Eric. <laughs> Only fair. So, okay. Well, out of all these guys, I want you guys to give me pick assortment of three since the Broncos have three day two picks. Who are you walking out with as an all- Offensive day two. I will start with you, Carl. Okay. Well, I view beyond quarterback, the offensive line is the biggest, biggest need. And I guess I'm probably going to start with in the second round there, Tyrell Crosby. He has that versatility to play right tackle, can play offensive guard. I just think he, again, fits well with what the Broncos want. And I just especially think he can play that right tackle position and play it well for the Broncos. And so I'm going to I'm going to stick him there and then I'm going to come back with at the beginning of the third round Rashad Penny and be very happy with the the running back that I've got for the Broncos. And then for the other third round pick, I don't think he'll be there, but I guess I'll go Mark Andrews. I think he could be. It just depends on how concerned teams are about the diabetes. There you go. Well, if he's there, I'm I'm running to the podium because I feel like I've just added a huge weapon to that offense. And like I said, a guy that can really stretch the field, make teams really have to respect that uh, that deep center. And when you have when you get to keep those safeties back, it opens up everything underneath. That's what I want. Amen. Eric, how about you? Well, with the first second round pick, I'm going Austin Corbett. I'm, I'm assuming that Will Hernandez isn't there. I just think that you solidified the other guard position, and he would actually allow um, Ron Leary to move back to left guard pretty smoothly with him transitioning over to right guard a little bit better than I think Will Hernandez or even a Quentin Nelson will. Then with the first third round pick, I'm probably going to be looking at, I'll probably be looking at Dante Pettis, go get in that number two receiver that you can get. And then with the second, third round pick, I'm looking at Jerron Christian or Will Richardson, preferably Will Richardson. Um, You solidify the offensive line and you get another receiving weapon and a young guy for the receiving core as you plan to move on from Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas within the next year or two. All right. For me, I'm going to go with, this is what dreams are made of. I'm going to go with Will Hernandez with that first second round pick last year. We were all told that Forrest lamp wouldn't fall and he did. So let a man dream for now, I guess. And I, that'd be awesome. That would be a home run pick in the Broncos in the second round with the third pick. I'm going to go with James Washington I'm not sure he's going to be there either. Again, this is just dreams. We'll see what happens. I think there's kind of a glut of wide receiver talent day two, day three. So I could see James Washington going early in the third round where the Broncos are picking. And then the end of the third round, I'm going to take an upside tackle in Desmond Harrison and hope that Strasser can develop that guy because right now it doesn't seem like offensive tackle is something that Broncos are going to really hit, at least hit very hard on in free agency. And just the way the class is stacking up, I'm going to go with some upside there. So hopefully he can develop into something. 
All right, guys. Well, that's going to wrap up this week's episode of the Huddle Up 2018 NFL Draft Podcast. You can find Carl on Twitter at Carl Dumbler MHH, Eric on Twitter at Eric Trickle, and myself at Nick Kendall MHH. Also, make sure you head on over to Mile High Huddle, an affiliate of Scout.com and the CBS Sports Digital, to find ours and our co-writers' articles, not just relating to the draft, but all things that pertain to your Denver Broncos. Do you guys have any ideas what to call this show going forward? Please give us a shout-out on Twitter or reach out to us on Mile High Huddle or Facebook. Right now, the leading candidate is Building Broncos, as this is a team and roster-building podcast. And we, I mean, we go beyond the draft. You know, this is... This is team building through and through. So building Broncos is a good one. But if you guys have anything else, let us know. I have an follow- idea. Oh, yeah? Let's hear it. Trickle down theories two. Uh, no? Uh, Darn. It's a good try. Darn it. <laughs> Gosh, we need to like, I don't, I don't want to get, you know, economic in here. But we got to come away with the, the opposite. I don't want to say it goes socialism podcast or something. <laughs> That's a buzzword. <laughs> Just everybody logged off. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, think, I think you got that unlocked. Uh, Make sure you tune in next week, though, to the Building Broncos Draft Podcast because we're going to discuss day two options on the defensive side of the ball. You can follow the Huddle Up Podcast by subscribing to us on iTunes and for Android users, Stitcher, as well as check us out on YouTube. You can follow us on Twitter, at Mile High Huddle, and at Huddle Up Pod. Again, please be sure to subscribe and rate us and reach out to us as we love interacting with fellow Bronco fans. For Carl Dummler and Eric Trickle, I'm Nick Kendall, wrapping up another week of the Huddle Up Draft Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it, and we will see you next week. Go Broncos and go Draft. Mile High Huddle.